Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. so that I could uh, keep on top of that. How are you, Tony? I'm doing well. Can you hear me clearly? Because your voice is garbled on my end. Okay, your voice is a little garbled on mine as well. How is this? Is this better? Um, maybe a little bit. Say something else. How's this? Uh, it, it's definitely better. Okay. Yeah, I'm experiencing some garbling on this uh, end as uh, well. And I think Brandy sent us a note here. So let's... uh, Yeah, she she says she dropped off and now she's back on. Yes, I see her. Okay, let's uh, include her in the conversation. Uh, Greetings, Brandy. We seem to be having a little bit of problem with uh, the sound. We're hearing each other uh, a bit garbled. How is our sound with you? Yeah, I experienced that too and on hold. That's why I dropped off and back on. I thought it might have just been my connection, but I'm betting there's a lot of demand on the system right now. Um, I would agree with you. Uh, we started having this particular problem uh, the other day. 
And uh, I read something online today that uh, um, that uh, podcasting is becoming the new blogging. And uh, with this uh, staying at home that uh, we have to conform to, um, a lot more people are using these uh, podcast stations. So that could be it. Um, I've tried to mitigate it a bit by limiting the amount of callers. I put out an announcement that uh, discourages people from calling to listen to the show. Uh, but I would agree with you. I think the system is overburdened. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will muddle through as best we can and uh, get the information uh, out there. Um, I am launching a new station tomorrow. And uh, by June, uh, everything will be transferred over to the new station except for the forums. The forums will continue on CERN, uh, but there'll be some juggling around of uh, time. If this forum were an hour earlier, would that uh, be accessible to both of you, uh, Brandy? I, I think so, yeah. Okay, uh, incredibly awesome. Uh, you had suggested, uh, Brandy, and uh, Tony had suggested also in the same period of time that we do an episode dedicated to the gods of healing. So um, I, I will, uh, yeah, I was excited by the topic, and I'd love to hear what you have in mind. Uh, Tony, would you like to go first? Um, actually, what I might do is I might talk about a ritual that I attended okay. um, about a week ago. It was a Hephaestia, and it was with a Hellenic group in L.A., and unfortunately, there were only three of us in attendance. There were the two guys who put it on, and myself. So um, the Hephaestia should have contained invocations to Hephaestus, the, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the god of metalwork and volcanoes, also um, Athene, the, um, the, the, the goddess of, of wisdom and, and artisans, and, and Aphrodite, the other uh, goddess of love. But what we did was we also incorporated an invocation to Asclepius, who awesome. was the, um, the, the primary god of healing. And, uh, and at my- that, that would be a very good thing, given our current circumstances as a, as a planet. That, 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 that was the idea, um, calling Asclepius and, um, and, and, and also Apollo. So the, the idea behind Apollo was to, was to stop the coronavirus, stop the spread of it, but then um, calling Asclepius for the healing component because the thing is that even when people are cured um, after having suffered from the coronavirus, their lungs are severely, uh, they're they're severely compromised. Their their lungs are never quite the same. Yeah. And um, so so we we really need to affect healing. And I'm sure that there are Christians out there praying to their gods, uh, sorry, praying to their God, I should say, that they only have the one and uh, trying to affect healing. So I think it's appropriate, appropriate that we should as well. Uh, I would agree with you. Brandy, what do you think? Yes, in, in English they pronounce it sometimes panacea, and it, uh, it means cure-all. Yes. Like a universal so, so let me medicine. This. Yeah, we, we need, we need a, a panacea. <laughs> That's the specific thing we need. Let me read to you the the little prayer that I have. I'm going to put a ritual online tomorrow um, at brandywilliamsauthor.com that calls on these 
these goddesses, but it's just a little prayer, and it gives you um, the, the, the people that I think we need or the, the deity energies that I think we need. So this is to Asclepius tonight, Hygieia. Asclepius, master of medicine, heal me. Send me your healing dogs. Send me your healing snakes. Send me your healing dreams. Epion me, soothe my pain. Anakia, bring me the medicine I require. Diaso, speed my recovery. Hygieia, sustain my strength. And so that's the, the prayer that I make. I made it 20 years ago when I had pneumonia, and it seems like an excellent prayer to have now. And I think that um, one of the places we can focus our energy is specifically on the panachea because that's the thing that we need um, now. But in general, um, that is a beautiful, beautiful poem. And uh, we have to put a link to it so that so people can uh, uh, easily access it. Um, Tony, uh, how was the, do you have the words of your ritual? Um, we used um, the Orphic hymns. Um, okay. Actually, if you, if if you um give me a few minutes, I'll be able to track down the Orphic hymn for you. I I don't actually have it open. Um. So. Yeah. Just 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 give me I, a couple minutes. I actually minutes. do. I have um I have Patrick Dunn's versions, and I contacted Patrick. He's not able to join us, but he gave us permission to um. He he gave me permission to use it in ritual, and I can read it for us now, Um, Tony, if you would like, or I can I can send it to you if you prefer. No, absolutely, read it read it out. Um, I I actually quite like um, Patrick's translations. So yeah, by by all means, read it out. It'll make my job easier. Actually, and while you're reading it out, (laughs) I might hang up and ring back in again because I'm not really understanding you. I'm. I'm sort of understanding Hercules, but it's just a really bad line at my end. So I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to hang up and, and ring, ring back in. Okay, we'll, we'll be looking forward to your return. The, the How are you hearing me, Hercules? What happened? I can, I can hear you. It sounds said, a little um, bit... You... I'm sorry? Yep. It sounds a little yeah, bit... We're having a little bit of breakfast. the water. Yeah. But I, I can yeah. hear your words. <laughs> We might um, we might make it a short broadcast tonight, Hercules, because it's very difficult to hear each other. But I want to go ahead and read the, um, the Patrick Dunn's hymns to Asclepius and Hygieia, if you don't mind. And it's for no, Patrick Dunn's um, Orphic, Orphic hymns. Yep, here we go. go um, for Asclepius. Tony's returned. Oh, great. Census mana. Healer of all, Asclepius, Pion, the Lord who touches humans with magic, soothing the agonizing suffering of disease. Strong one, may you come and lead down health, ending sickness, and the hard fate of death. You are a helper, promoting growth and keeping evil away, sharing blessings. Strong child of Phoebus Apollon, your fame shines and you hate disease. You hold Hygieia as your blameless spouse. Come, blessed one, savior, send the good end of life. And that's hymn 67, hymn 68 is for Hygieia. Her incense is also manna. Charming, lovely, the much-nourished queen of all, attend, blessed Hygieia, bring happiness, mother of all things. For by you the diseases of mortals perish, and every home blossoms with joy because of you. The arts ripen, the world longs for you, lady, and only Hades, killer of souls, ever hates you, always blooming the prayerful respite of mortals. For without you, everything is harmful to humans. 
nor is their sweet wealth giver of blessings in abundance, nor do men achieve much toiling old age without you. For you alone rule all things and govern over everything. But goddess, arrive at this mystic rite, ever helpful, draw off the ill-fated grief of hard disease. And that's wow. That is powerful. Mm. Very. So that that's what you use, uh, Tony, in your ritual? Yes. Um, all the, not not Patrick's translation. There's, there's a translation by, by another academic, um, which is very similar to Patrick's. It's 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 contemporary, um, so it's much easier on on the ear than the Thomas Taylor translation, which which is the one that's normally freely available. I used to take the Thomas Taylor translation and then reword it. Uh, for uh, you know whatever I want to do, he has the interesting uh, rhymes, uh, and uh, although a lot of his language is outdated, uh, um, so I used to enjoy playing with uh, his translation and coming up with my own. Yeah, um, uh, this is um, he was basically a Neoplatonist, but he would be putting his own spin on on, on the texts and. Um, you know, it comes down to who you think is a more reputable source. I, I tend to lean more towards the ancients who who wrote the Orphic hymns rather rather than him. It's it, it's a bit of a prejudice of mine. I'd rather know exactly what's in there rather than have someone's interpretation or spin. Very good points, uh, Brandy. Um, you are using Patrick's uh, translation now. What do you usually use in uh, your rituals? No, I do use Patrick's. Um, there's another Greek translation as well. I'll look that up in a minute. And I, I understand what Tony is saying about Thomas Taylor. I use him um, because, uh, like you do, um, because he's available. It's in the public domain. Um, so I was, I, we were lucky to have Patrick's. I'm lucky to have Patrick's permission to use his his um, hymns. Um, but you know, uh, you can at least um, publish uh, Thomas Taylor. So, and he's also he was a practitioner. So I, I like I like him for that. But Tony, I totally take your your point about about his hymns. Um, but I'm interested. So so um, Patrick Dunn's book, The Orphic Hymns. He talks at the beginning of the book about how to make offerings to the deities to call them and then to sit and commune with them. And it's a, I, I highly recommend this. It's the, one of the most helpful little books just in terms of being able to pick it up and use it. And it's available, um, it's available on Scribd, actually, if you, have a, um, if you have a subscription to that. The offering and write and, and, and say simply what it is that you need. Um, and then make a little offering of, of bread or something very simple, bread and water, wine if you drink that. And and um and then close the right. And if you have any leftover food, to go take it out and um, take, put it on the ground so that the animals can have it. So it can be a very simple thing to connect to these deities. And and um, then I would be interested in what what Tony and um, your folks did with the ritual that you did. Bruce um, with us, by the way. He just joined us. Hello. Yeah, the, the... Yeah, the, the the ritual that I did was um was was very simple. It's with a um a Hellenic group in, in LA and the translation that we tend to use and it's because that the guys have it laying around is by Apostolos Athanasakis. I, I hope I got that pronunciation correctly. He's he's That's actually fine. a um 
Yeah, he's um he he's he's a professor um like like Patrick Tan I suppose, and um and I find his translation very close to the mark. But as Brandy pointed out, um one of the things that I really like about Patrick's translation is it gave me another way of looking at the Orphic hymns, and that is that I tend to pick out an Orphic hymn like to a particular God. So I'll use it to call in that particular God. But what Patrick has done is he's actually gone through the hymns and he's looked at what those looking for. So if you need to change something in your life, then you go down his little checklist, um, you find the error in your life that you need to change, and that then indicates which particular Orphic hymn you should be using. So um, you, you don't know which God you're going to wind up with. Um, which mm. is a, a very interesting way of using the hymns. I'd never used the hymns that way before. Um, but it's, it's, it's uh, see, this is one of the great things about having an actual practitioner writing a book because he's incorporating his own insights. Whereas someone like um, Professor Athanasakis, um, he's just giving the translation to the best of his abilities. Giving, giving a great commentary and everything else, but he's not really going to give you any performance tips. Academics don't do that. I have that translation as well, and it's, uh, it's an excellent uh, resource and has an honor place in my uh, library. Absolutely. And up until a few years ago, it was prohibitively expensive because it went out of print and the, the the copies were as rare as hen's teeth. So they were going for literally hundreds of dollars. But fortunately, it's been re-released. So yeah. you can get it quite cheaply. So, you know, you're looking at roughly $20 for a book, you know, a little bit more for new, uh, a little bit less for, um, for, for second hand. And if you want it, if you want the Kindle version, the electronic version, it's even less than that. It's thirteen seventy-seven on Amazon, wow. so it's very reasonable. And uh, I, I love it when quality texts like that are available to people inexpensively, so that they can um, um, use them for ritual work. Because um, I would, I much prefer using his translation to the um, to the Thomas Taylor translation. But that's that's just a personal thing. I've heard a number of people saying that they actually really resonate with the Thomas Taylor translation. So I think it's important to just check out everything that's out there and find what resonates with you and go with that. Bruce, welcome. Um, we're having sound problems. Uh, I don't know how we sound to you, but to each other, uh, it sounds like we're communicating underwater. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. And yet, unfortunately, I'm hearing that same kind of a uh, little bit garbled sound. Well, we'll trust no, sorry you. Sorry for joining late. Um, how have you been? I'm doing pretty well. So, uh, you know, I'm, uh, uh, as many of us are, I'm kind of holed up here, uh, but I kind of live out in a relatively remote area anyway. So it's not that much of a change in lifestyle for me. But um, other than that, doing, doing fine. It's, it's unfortunately all of my, I had a lot of, travel planned for this summer, this spring and summer, and, and I'm pretty sure that all of it is going to end up uh, being canceled. 
Yeah, I've experienced that as well. I, I was scheduled to speak in a lot of different places, <laughs> and all of a sudden that uh, just evaporated. Um, I'm trying to use the time to do other things that, that I normally uh, wouldn't have time to do, so that's been very productive. Um, Tony and um, Brandy have been talking about using uh, the uh, Orphic hymns uh, for uh, rituals of uh, healing, and uh, shared a little bit about their uh, private uh, practice. Um, I know that you have a lot of experience in that area. Would you care to give us some insights uh, that you've gleaned through your practice? Well, I um, I don't know that I, I have any any great contributions to make. I um, have um, like to uh, look a lot into the Greek magical papyri for ideas and. Um, so when I've done um, rituals for healing and that sort of thing, I, I guess there's really sort of two things I've done is I've, um, you know, done rituals for um, uh, healing dreams. Uh, so that's certainly in the um, old uh, tradition of the uh, Asclepius and the Asclepiaea where you go and have your, your healing dreams. And yeah. um, there's a number of rituals in the Greek magical papyri that, that you can use for that. Um, and then the um, other is, you know, uh, really I've kind of not so much used um, existing hymns such as the Orphic hymns, uh, but really just put together my own uh, prayers um, to whatever god or goddess might seem most appropriate. Um, again, uh, be Asclepius and uh, Hygieia, if we put it in English terms, um, for um, for healing primarily. But others too, certainly Apollo, perhaps, um, and um, um, others as well. So, um, you know, it's been more ad hoc, I guess, for me uh, in those terms. Thank you very much. Uh, Tony, would you care to um, respond to that? Um, I am a great fan of, of the Greek magical papyri. Um, they're a um, for those listeners not familiar with them, they're a, um, a a collection of spells that were that were penned between the second century BCE and the fifth century of the of the Common Era, and there are spells there that are incredibly complex. They seem to have been written by by priests during their sojourns from from temple duty, um, and there are far simpler spells there that seem to be um, examples of folk magic. You have a blending of a number of magical streams. So there are Sumerian, Babylonian, Egyptian, and Greek elements, along with Jewish elements, and a, and a very light sprinkling of Christianity. And that is reflective of the philosophical and religious movements of the time, this idea of blending influences from, from all over the place. But there are spells there for healing, spells for virtue, everything you could possibly want. So um, rather than taking a formal religious approach like you would if you're using the Orphic hymns, you can actually roll your sleeves up, get your hands dirty, and, and engage in some, some authentic ancient magic. Um, it's stuff that I powerfully resonate with and um, I'm so glad to be in the company of people who enjoy the spells as much as I do Thank you very much Tony, Brandy 
Yes, um, I was actually while while you were talking, Tony, um, I was looking at your book, Hellenismos, and I want to encourage um, everyone who is listening to pick up that book as well. And you have some specific things to talk about in personal practice, how to do daily observances, how to set up an altar, as Patrick had done. And there's a specific ritual in Hellenismos about purification of the body, specifically focusing on washing yourself in the bathroom and washing your hands. And this is a practice that we're all encouraged to do <laughs> right now. So it's a really good, really good ritual to have mindful hand washing, right? So um, uh, t- Tony gives us this idea of invoking Hygieia. And Tony, you've used the Thomas Taylor because it was available, so it's in the book. And also you can pick up the, the other two um, books that we had recommended, Patrick Dunn's and um, the other one that you guys recommended. I've, I've forgotten his name. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, because there's this idea that you have hands washed in pure water, and the, um, the water is called churnips. Um, so um, the practice would be to, to wash your hands and soap them, and as you're soaping them, to, to think about Hygieia, to invoke Hygieia. Perhaps you can write out the prayer to Hygieia, stick it on your bathroom mirror, and read that prayer while you're washing your hands. And that gives you the, some more time and something to think about as you're doing this practice, dedicating yourself to, to cleanliness. Um, so I, I would actually um, be interested in, in asking the, uh, the the group here to talk about churnips a little bit more. I know that um, we, we attended Pantheacon a month ago, which seems like a lifetime ago. And we got yeah. to see each other in person, which I'm very grateful for. So I'm not sure when that's going to happen again, right? Um, but we, we visited a, a, a hospitality suite that was run by a, a, a Greek group, a, a group that was um, – that had the the Olympian deities and others, and they specifically had a bowl of water, and they were dipping a, a branch in the water and dousing people as they walked into the temple, and they called this churnips. So I'd be interested in in focusing specifically on what churnips is. Okay, that's a good idea, Bruce. Yeah, so churnips uh, actually is 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 more like the ancient pronunciation. And that is uh, water that uh, was used to ritually purify people. Usually um, in the ancient temples, there would be a, uh, a bowl or, or some other large vessel of uh, this purifying water somewhere near the entrance. And um, everyone would uh, dip their hands into it uh, to ritually purify them. So, again, this is not, you know, a... a um, uh, necessarily a mundane cleaning. You wouldn't necessarily do it with soap. So it was more of a ritual cleaning. Um, in my own practice, um, what I usually do at the beginning of a ritual is um, I, uh, and there's some ancient precedent for this, I, I um, essentially um, bless and create the, the carnips by taking a burning brand and thrusting, thrusting it into the, into the water. Um, and essentially that's a unification of fire and water, obviously. And, um, and then use the, um, the water to um, uh, purify my hands. And also you can use then uh, whatever sprig you may have used to, uh, to, to put into the water that you can then use that um, to sprinkle the water around very much like they, they did at Pantheacon. Uh, I use, tend to use the same branch I, that was, uh, that was burning. Um, and um, there's usually um, a white towel available to uh, to dry your your hands. 
Um, so you can use the, the water, the, the consecrated water that way. You can sprinkle it around uh, the altar, for example, to purify the altar and, and uh, consecrate the whole uh, space that way. Um, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much uh, what we know was done in ancient times as well. And, you know, if you go to um, often a, uh, for instance, a, a Buddhist temple or a Hindu temple, you'll sometimes find the same sort of um, a purifying water there also uh, at the at the entryway. Um, so um, that's about all I can think about to say about that. Maybe um, some other of the others have uh, some experience or some practices like this too. Thank you so very much, Bruce. And we'll come full circle to uh, Tony because Brandy started this uh, conversation with uh, uh, something that Tony had written. Um, the, the thing with, with Hadanips is that it was, it was a bowl of water that was at the entrance to every single sanctuary. So as a final form of purification, people would wash their hands prior to walking into the ritual. Um, I assume if it was an important ritual, you'd be washing your body back home prior to it. Um, when I first started writing the book, there were people who seemed to think that you needed to have water and salt, which, which, which comes from the Christian church. Because after all, when they, when they make up holy water, they'll start off with water, consecrate it, then get salt, consecrate it, then mix the two together, consecrate that again. Um, but the ancient Greeks appeared to be happy with whatever they could get their hands on. So if, it, if they were by a spring, they'd use that. If there was a fountain, they'd use that. If they're by the ocean, they, they would use salt water. It's just a matter of having clean water that they could, that they could um, wash their hands with. Now, the thing is that whenever you look at ancient writings, they they focus on things which are a little bit unusual. They won't focus on the mundane stuff. So because everyone was cleansing their hands and it was something that everyone did, they're not really going to talk about the exact process that was used because it was something that everyone knew. And it seems obvious to me that it couldn't just be a matter of washing your hands. You'd have to visualize all the um, impurities or the negativity coming on. And I, I really love Brandy's idea of having a prayer to hygiene on your, on, your, on your bathroom mirror so you can actually recite the prayer and wash your hands because, after all, for the coronavirus, they're telling you you need soap and water and you've got to wash for 20 seconds. So by the, by the time you finish the prayer to hygiene, you know, you've, you're well over the 20-second mark. And that's actually the easiest way to, um, to keep yourself safe from the coronavirus apart from avoiding exposure to people. Um, that is awesome. Sorry? That is an incredible suggestion. It's awesome. Yeah, I, it's Brandy's. I, the, the, Brandy's a, a wonderful lateral thinker. She's, she's yes, um, she looking at what I have in the book, and she's applying it to the, to the situation at the moment, showing that it's, it's hip and it's happening, it's sexy, and we, and we should all be doing it. <laughs> um, I, I think if I... I I think if I thought like Brandy, I'd be a very rich man by now. <laughs> she's um she's an incredible lateral thinker. So Brandy, are you a very rich woman at this time? 
I'm I'm losing money so fast in the current market. It's it's very painful and scary. <laughs> but thank you. It's lovely. And I I think the the riches that we all have is um is sharing our love of knowledge um and and um our our compassion for the world. We've we've done a lot of talking about theurgic activism, and this is really where where the activism becomes very important to to um encourage each other to to do the things we need to do to stay healthy and safe. And to figure out how to help to do that, I mean, at the moment, I, I, my my world is filled with people who are very frightened, and I think it's important um, it's important to to find ways to to connect people to their own sense of of strength and to to um, their sense of the sacred. So this is why I love the hymns and why I love um, uh, the work of every everyone who's on the phone, actually. Um, I agree, and uh, uh, this uh, leads to a question I was going to ask uh, tonight. Um, as you know, I've, I'm start launching a new station tomorrow. Unfortunately, it will be on, on Blog Talk Radio, so the problems that we have here won't uh, uh, be changed. Um, however, I'm working on uh, other uh, channels uh, as well. It's just that in my 60s, I find that my learning curve is kind of steep when it comes to technology, so... Uh, try my best to master these new things. And as soon as I have, we'll be able to, um, you know, perhaps get better sound quality elsewhere. Um, but one of the things that I'm doing on the new station is it's going to be more focused on Olympus. And uh, there will be a theurgy show apart from our theurgy forum. And uh, what I was thinking was because the four of us are uh, more, uh, um, focused on the forums that I would give, uh, I would rotate the show uh, amongst us. And uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to address global concerns uh, through theurgy, like we're doing right now. So one month it would be Brandy, another month it would be Tony, another month it would be Apollonius. Uh, Then it would be me and hopefully I could introduce some new people and then we'll still have the monthly forums on CERN. And move past a little bit about our thoughts on theurgy to how can we apply theurgy uh, to problems that are challenging us, all of us right now. So, Brandy, what do you think? You know, that's really exciting. And I, I was... I, I hadn't heard your full plan, and I really think that it's a it's a wonderful idea. I was actually um, working my way up to doing a presentation a month. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can do it on Zoom and record it and make it available to people. Awesome. I'm I'm doing uh, uh, launching launching a, a year of theurgic practice, and I'd be happy to come and um, and talk about it or uh, anytime you want on, on your your show. Um, but the um, the idea is that that. Manilius's calendar um, maps onto the, the year, takes the deities, the Olympic deities, and maps them onto the year. And this is the start of the year. It starts now with um, with March 21st and, and Aries. It's actually not the month. It's really the, the astrological sign. And Aries starts uh-huh. with Athena. So we can do um, rituals to each of the, the Olympic deities in turn throughout the year. This is a really great time to, to start that. And people are looking for, um, for things to do right now. The content is really important to people and, and having a way to connect and to connect virtually to other people doing magic is important. So that's why I thought I'll, I'll break free some time to, to do this. So Athena starts us off and, um, and, and then um, 
at the end of the at the end of the year we we have a, a accomplishment the specific idea for each of these rituals is that as we do them it's just an indication to the deities and then as we do them we place the deity on that part of the body that of course that the astrological sign corresponds to so at the end of the year you've placed the deities on your entire body and you're walking around with the the what i've called the armor of the gods so that's my that's my current initiative and um Urgulis, let's, let's do that in email let's talk to each other about how how that will work but that's that's my my current plan and I think it's an excellent idea to start this now and to specifically focus on the Olympians. Um, awesome. What do you, how do you feel about uh, using Manilius's Astronomica, Tony? Um, why not? Um, I actually had a <laughs> had a look at it um, online, and there are a couple of other alternate theories on which gods correspond to which months. So it's it's not particularly clear cut. There doesn't seem right. to be like a universal universal consensus as to which God corresponds to which month. But if we just focus on Manilius and you know, ignore all the other um, alternate versions, um, I think it would be a very worthwhile exercise. And the idea of having a month to set aside on a particular God, I mean, even if we don't quite get it right, I think it's going to be a wonderful developmental opportunity to to focus on, on, on one of the gods for, for a full month, um, really get to know that god, then move on to the next one. Um, I can't speak for the, for the others, but I have my favorite gods, and I probably spend too much time devoting myself to those particular gods. So I think this would actually be useful for me to focus on some of the gods that I don't work as much with. I think it'd be a wonderful opportunity. And I can see a lot of people deriving driving benefit from it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Apollonius? Yeah, I agree absolutely. It sounds like that's a, just a, a really good way to have an extended uh, operation and, um, you know, essentially um, a, um, a longer-term practice. And I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, yeah, I don't think the individual uh, correspondences between the month and the gods is is uh, that critical. But I do agree with Tony that it's important to go through all of the twelve Olympians. Um, you know, the real the real sacrilege, if you like, is ignoring some of the gods, and we do all have a tendency to do that. There's our favorites, but then there's the ones that, yeah, you know, we don't really resonate with them very well. And those are often the ones that it's most important for us to get in touch with because they're the gods that have us. They, they're the gods that tend to, because they don't quite fit so well with our personality, they have more to offer us in many cases. Uh, they can fill in some of the places where we're weak or the areas where we neglect. So I think working systematically through all of the 12 Olympians is uh, a really good practice, and, and I would be uh, I would certainly be happy to be involved in that too. I think that's that's a good plan. Um, now in uh, Christianity, uh, Paul when he's uh, spoke on the uh, stone of Aries, on the rock of Aries, the Aeropagos, um, he pointed to something called uh, the unknown God. It's not actually unknown. It's unacknowledged. 
because uh, agnostos, which is where you get gnosis from, or, or gnosis, as uh, they call it in English. So what you're saying is that we will be doing through this practice, acknowledging the unacknowledged gods uh, in our lives. So how about if we weave that into the shows? And every month, uh, since we'll be doing this uh, uh, at least once monthly, uh, we acknowledge uh, the deity and in the Manilia system. And then I'm sure we're going to be conversing for uh, past the year. Every year we can adopt a different system. And this way um, become attuned to the insights that that particular individual used to construct their calendar. Tony, your thoughts? I think it's a good plan. Um, my thoughts, I've actually heard two explanations as to what the altar to the unknown God represents. One is that it was an altar used by the Gnostics because quite often they would refer to the unknowable, the, the ineffable God. So, and <laughs> the, the, the ironic thing was that they would spend so much time talking about how unknowable and how ineffable he was and they'd fill up absolute volumes sort of talking about how they couldn't quite get a handle on him so i mean that that's one possible explanation the other explanation is that the greeks were very conservative and they wanted to make sure that all the gods were venerated and that none were left out so the the altar of the unknown god was there for those gods that they had inadvertently left out so it's a case of that they'd go there and say, like, okay, if there are any gods left over, we're going we're gonna to venerate them here. Um, and one thing that really um, spoke to me when, when Bruce was talking about the importance of focusing gods, focusing on gods that we don't quite resonate with, is have a think about why we don't resonate with those gods. And once you start thinking in that respect, um, all sorts of developmental opportunities start to open up. What is it within us that prevents us from resonating with a particular God? I think you could you could see um, Brandy's year of um, being a wonderful developmental opportunity because with the gods that, that we that we resonate with, we're just going to breeze through the month. But with the gods we don't quite resonate with, I can see ourselves growing, growing as individuals. Very good points, uh, Brandy. Yeah, and I noticed also that our our um, line has cleared up. I wonder if one of the people who called in listening to us had a a bad connection, and that was what it was affecting us. Um, speaking as a former phone tech, <laughs> I'll stop troubleshooting that though and talk to this. Um, I, I I picked Manilius because he's he's available out there. I actually did the year of theurgic practice, and I used a completely different system. Um, something that I found from a gentleman who was writing online, uh, who does not have any reference for his system at all, and it was about six months off. Um, Manilius's calendar is about a month off what is called the rustic calendar. So I, I basically just took it as a starting point because you can point to it <laughs> and say that's it. someone said that this is how it works, right? But I'm not I'm not wedded to it um, um, necessarily. I just kind of like though that Athena starts the the year and the year starts now, and I, I came to consciousness of this and said, oh, this is a good time to start this. But I will talk to what it was like to do each of the Olympians um, in in the month. 
certainly there are Olympians that I, I resonate more with, and I tend to, to bond more with the goddesses. Some of the gods have been very difficult and challenging. What I found fascinating was that none of them was like what I expected them to be when I started the, the process. I thought I knew them, and just the process of studying them and then invoking them taught me so much more about who they were. The, the really big surprise for me was Ares, Ares, I guess. Um, um, Hercules, would you say, maybe um, um, I, I would like to, to stop and ask you to, to pronounce the, the names at some point. Maybe um, we can pull up a list so you can get us a really good pronunciation. I, sure. I, I do my best with modern, my understanding of modern Greek, but I think it's Eris, isn't it? For the God of the um, Lord. Aris. Aris. Yes, so yeah. Aris. I, I would Hades, I would have thought Hades he would be is obvious. So Hades is obvious and Aries is Aries. There's just one letter, uh, you know, difference. Uh, the H uh, is not uh, pronounced in Greek. So Hera is actually Ira, and uh, Hercules is actually Iraklis. You know, there's no H there. Oh my goodness. Um. I'll I'll text you a, a a list of the names and maybe you can speak them for us. Um, sure. What what was interesting about Otis is that um, I I would have expected him to be hostile to women because he's the god of war and women tend to be um, damaged severely in war. It turns out though, I mean, Otis, you all know this, I'm certain, that he's very much a protector of women. Yeah. And, uh, he he. There was a village where where women banded together to defend themselves and he was there handing them a sword. So I, I, I was, it was 180 degrees from what I expected him to be as a God. And I found that to be true of all, all the deities. And of course I, I did this really deep meditation on how the, the stories of the gods portray them in these really negative lights as, as beings who rape and, um, and, and destroy and are, are jealous. Um, and I, I think that, um, what I've come to understand is that the the stories that we tell about the gods are not themselves the gods. The stories right. that we tell about the gods are stories we tell about ourselves. Right. And so that that's sort of the the approach that I'm taking to this entire to the entire um thing. But yeah, it's it's Apollonius. Uh, Apollonius um, has has um, rightly pointed out that that we doing the doing all twelve of them gives you the sort of balance at the end of the year where you, you, you definitely learn a lot more about yourself and about the, the, the nature of the world than if you just pick the, the ones that you resonate with right off the bat. So instead of using uh, Manilius, should we just compile a list and follow the list? And uh, uh, every month we can uh, uh, talk about that particular uh, Olympian, one of the Vodekatheon, and this way uh, they're being honored and uh, worked with. And I agree with you, too. The gods are not like their stories. I think it's an important principle, <laughs> she said solidly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apollonius. Well, I think uh, you know. Of course, that's a there's a famous uh, place in uh, in Plato's Republic where he basically wants to banish all of the poets, uh, Hesiod and Homer in particular, from his Republic because of all the lies they tell about the gods. And um, you know, uh, later philosophers, uh, you know, saw deeper meanings in the in the traditional uh, mythology. 
uh, symbolic meanings and, and allegorical meanings in the traditional uh, mythology. Uh, and um, uh, George Shevinstow's Plethon, who I've been working a lot on in the past uh, past year, um, he basically develops his own theology based on the philosophy, the Neoplatonic philosophy. And in some cases, uh, the um, although he gives the traditional names to the gods, their character is actually quite different from what we get out of uh, mythology. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a somewhat different approach. And in a way, it's, you know, it's, it's trying to get at what are the gods really as understood by philosophers uh, and perhaps also through theurgy. And, um, you know, sometimes the traditional mythology agrees with that and sometimes it doesn't. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of inconsistency in the traditional mythology anyway. Yes. Uh, we tend to, you know, think of, uh, of Homer and Hesiod as being sort of the, uh, the last word, but um, the, uh, the dramatists and, and other and the poets often disagree uh, really in essential details about the stories as well. So, um, you know, so uh, in that sense, uh, to some extent, we can be feel free to uh, to uh, deviate from from um, Hesiod if that seems right. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think I think uh, Manilis is as good a place to start as any other, but uh, um, I haven't thought about it in a while. Uh, if there's some correspondence with the months that I that I believe in more than his, but um, it certainly seems like a, a reasonable place. But I do think it's important, you know, to work through the 12 Olympians, and then there's all those other gods, too, you know? Yeah. They've all got something to contribute, and, um, you know, as a more extended project would be, I think, to think about perhaps monthly devotions to uh, many of the others as, as well. I know certainly some of them have been very important in my own uh, practice, um, and I'm sure the re for the rest of us too. One of the things uh, I had online, I had taken it down to work on it, or it might still be up there somewhere, is uh, I follow the days of the week, uh, and each day has its uh, god and planet. It's it's you know basic 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 stuff, um, but I also have spheres of beings attached to the days. So this way. As I go through the day, it's not just the deity in question, but it's associated deities and also classes of beings. For example, uh, Wednesdays are um, sacred and dedicated to uh, Hermes. But with Hermes comes Iris, Angelia, um, Ekati, all of the quote-unquote angels of uh, Mount Olympus. And then that goes by extension into all angelic beings. So Wednesdays. Um, I, I focus on a, a wide spectrum of, uh, of deities uh, that Hermes is the, the central one, uh, but the rest are all there and they're acknowledged for the role that they have in my life. So I can write that up again. I think Brandy took a look at it a long time ago when we first met. I had it on one of my websites, uh, but I can put that together again if you'd like. Yeah, that'd yes. be good. Okay, Tony, how do you feel about we start with uh, Manilius? Um, I think we have to start somewhere. And I like Brandy's idea of starting with, Mil with Manilius, um, get a feel for how well it works. We choose to repeat the year again. Then we can try one of the other sets of correspondences and 
perhaps see what works best for us. But, you know, just sitting back and, and listening to you guys, I'm thinking if anyone's listening to this, they're going to think, God, this is getting more and more complex. It doesn't have to be particularly complex. It's, it's important for people to have a balance between theory and practice. And we tend to be focusing far more on the theory than anything else. But it's important to just get your feet wet. So there'll be... Um, Brandy was saying that that for for March we'll be working with um with Aries, so it's a case of okay, let's just invoke him. Let's pick out the um the Orphic hymn to him, and recite the hymn, um, and just open yourself up to feel feel what comes through, and then as as he starts to come through, then then you can um start to immerse yourself more and more in the legends, and uh, both. Hercules, both you and Brandy have both said that the gods aren't quite as described in the legends. No. And this is the wonderful thing about working with the gods in a practical sense, because once you start to experience them, you then get a feel for what is factual in the, in the legends and what's what's just a story. It's been um, a wonderful opportunity for me to um, actually get to know the gods and get a feel for, for who they really are. But Manilius is is a wonderful starting point, and I think it'd be great for, for for the four of us to start doing it. And anyone listening who feels like giving it a go as well should give it a go. And if they wanted to then write in or ring in and and talk about their experiences, we could then you know go over some of the some of the things that that other people are experiencing. Um, for me, it's important to get people working with the Greek gods bring them back, show, um, have people realize just how relevant they are to everyday life. It, Thank it, you. It's not a definition. That, that is exactly what uh, I plan on doing with the new uh, show. And uh, you guys are going to be a major part of that. So um, think about how we can best accomplish it. And when you have your uh, rot- turn in the rotation, do that. <laughs> and this way we'll, we'll anchor it into this uh a reality. Brandy, we return to you and your suggestion. So, Manilius, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm idea girl, right? Um, what some, something that that um, Apollonius said was very very interesting and important. That the Olympians are one set of deities, but there are lots of deities. I think one of the things that's very helpful to me about the Olympians is that they're a unified, they're an organizing principle. They're a way of looking at the universe. I'm a, I, I spent years and years and years studying the um, esoteric Kabbalah, which is a, a classification system, and I've really shifted to, to using the Olympians rather than Kabbalah as, um, for many reasons. Um, so they, they actually also map onto the planets and the elements. I don't remember where I, I picked that up, so, so someone might, might have that, that reference, but I've, I've been working with them in, in that way. And then each of the each of the Olympians themselves have deities that are sort of around them or in their train, and that's kind of how I think. For example, um, um, Tony was talking about uh, Asclepius being part of the the, the Apollo energy, right. um, and there are stories about Asclepius being Apollo's son. So so Asclepius is part of the the, the beings, and and you you um, um, Hercules were talking about the the other the other entities that adhere around the idea of each of the planetary deities. 
So, so just just saying the Olympian gives you this little thin edge of the wedge, and then you have a lot of other ideas that can come in under that. So it's a it's a very very deep um, and and um, expandable practice. And we will have um, and our, I, our, our work uh, recorded, uh, so we could always go back at uh, the end of the year and collect all that and uh, put it into some sort of uh, form uh, that other people can uh, refer to and use. And I'll, I'll just say one more thing. I just reread my notes on uh, Gregory Shaw's Theurgy and the Soul, and he said something that really popped out at me because I'm, I'm doing tantric practice and we do a lot of um, chanting. We do m- mantras, which are names, names of the deities and sounds that represent the deities. And he said um, that the, the ancients would chant the name of the deity. So in addition to doing the hymn, we can actually chant the, the name of the deity a, 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 a specified number of times that would get it sort of any kind of chanting brings you into a trance state. And something that I'm working, something that I'm working on because I am a geek. Okay, something I'm working on is I, I've pulled the um, cult of the Greek states off the off the shelf, and I'm I'm mining it for the the epithets of each of the deities to make a list of them to recite in ritual as well. That, that sounds awesome. So on your month, uh, that would be an excellent thing to add to the uh, equation. And, and we can actually, through the podcast, practice theurgy and invite others to learn and to, um, you know, in time, share the results of their uh, practice as well. Yes. Now, we're an hour into the show. The sound is cleared uh, tremendously, although it's still a little squeaky at times. Um, I'm going to start a break. Uh, so we have around five, six minutes. Uh, I know I'm going to replenish uh, my coffee, and uh, then we'll be back. Okay, so we'll do King of Dreams by Brand Cardorian, and then we'll be back in five minutes and 15 seconds. I am the king of dreams. 
And welcome back to Pride of Olympus. Today is our Living Theurgy episode, and we're having our Theurgy Forum. With us are Brandy Williams, Tony Merzwicki, and Apollonius, who's also known as Bruce McLennan and John Upsopaus. And today we're focusing on the Olympians of Health and Healing. And among those Olympians are Apollo, Artemis, Asclepios, Igia, Panakia, Yasso, Hiron, Iraklis, Athena. And uh, if we have time today, which I don't know, we'll be touching upon ancient pet therapy as well. So greetings and welcome back, all noble panelists. Greetings. 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 I'm looking forward to starting this new uh, venture and really um, making theurgy more accessible and more practical uh, for uh, people who want to learn about it and apply it to their lives. And I'm very excited about applying a calendar. Uh, I am Hercules, and I'm really into calendars. <laughs> so uh, it's a calendrical practice, the path of uh, Iraklis. Uh, so now I'll learn all about Manilius and his system. Brandy was so kind as to uh, share a passage uh, during the break. So we'll be honoring Athena and Aries for the first uh, month, which starts around now with Aries. So tomorrow on our first show um, of uh, this new station, I will honor uh, both of these uh, divinities as well as the corresponding Herculean labor. So if you have any suggestions, if you can email them to me, I will uh, implement them. Um, Tony, any thoughts during the break? Um, I, I think it's quite an interesting combination to work with um, Athena as as well as Ares because um, they're both war gods. And popularly, um, people tend to think of Ares as being a god of um, of just rampant bloodshed um, whereas uh, Athena is thought of as more of a, um, a a strategic war goddess so she tends to hold back and um, and it's, it's not it's not so much about bloodlust it's more about strategic warfare but Athena offers far more than that she's also a goddess of wisdom a goddess of, um, of, of arts and crafts, spinning and weaving, um, that sort of thing. So I think it's going to be quite an interesting month. And as, as I, think I, was, I think we had this discussion last month that Aries actually has a healing component. I can't remember if I had that conversation with you guys or with someone else, that Aries has a healing component to him. Did we talk about that? We may have. Uh, does anybody recall? I can't recall that particular conversation. Okay, well, the thing is... Yeah, I don't... Okay, I just wanted to, to share a little anecdote. Um, 
when I first started running workshops um, almost 20 years ago, I had a, um, a Christian couple who'd come along to my workshops. And even though they were Christian, they enjoyed feeling the energies that would come in. And when I called in Aries, um, typically people tend to feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And, um, and unbeknownst to me, Leo, who was the older Christian guy, um, wound up calling on Aries to heal him. The thing is, Leo was working as a taxi driver. And, uh, and as a taxi driver, you're sitting in a very uncomfortable position many hours a day. And so every morning, he would wake up with lower back pains. And uh, so the only way he could get out of bed first thing in the morning was to roll to his side and then push himself up with his hands and get up that way. But what happened after the Aries invocation was that he sprang to his feet. And it was the first time in years that he ever sprang to his feet. And uh, so obviously, you know, when we next got together, he was very keen to share that experience with the group. And I have to admit, I always thought of Aries as just a war god. And, and yet he was this guy who intuitively called on, um, called on Aries for healing. And then all of a sudden the penny dropped and it started to make sense. When you're in the battlefield, um, your fellow soldiers may well be badly injured. So you have to have an understanding of, um, of, of basic medical techniques because your, your comrade-at-arms has just, has just been wounded. So you have, to, you have to be able to sterilize the wound. You have to be able to bandage it. You have to give them the best possible chance of survival. So even though you're on the battlefield as a warrior, you're also there as someone with first aid training because you have to be able to, to look after your fellows. So there but, is this healing component to Aries as well. Those are great points. Uh, when you spoke about Aries, however, uh, that's uh, you know basically the Homeric uh, uh, Aries. Uh, in other Olympian-inspired cultures, like the Etruscans, for instance, um, Aries was the son of uh, Hercules and Athena. Mm-hmm. So he was considered a royal prince, and the Romans thought very highly of him and had better opinions uh, than the Greeks uh, um, happened to have. So these uh, stories um, are, you know, like Brandy had said, stories. And although we can extract lessons uh, from them, uh, as Bruce had pointed out, they're not gospel, so to speak. They, they don't necessarily agree with each other or give a consistent uh, picture. But thank you. That I never thought of things that way. That that's uh, that is something definitely worth uh, pondering, Brandy. So, so obviously, I shared that anecdote with someone else. So sorry about that. No, no, you shared it with <laughs> us. We're by it. That's awesome. And I want I want to just say really quickly that um, the reason I said Aries is because Aries is the astrological sign. Um, there's a confusion <laughs> because Aries is also the, the god of war, and I had been talking about him. But actually, um, the reason I said Athena and Aries is because Athena maps on to Aries, and then um, I think it's uh, Aphrodite who maps on to Taurus, and it goes that way throughout the year. Well, but it's sorry, an interesting my thought to, to... – mistake. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's totally mine. <laughs> Um, but it's an interesting uh, question, actually, and something I wanted to talk to us all about because I, um, I've looked at a number of ways that the gods have been paired off 
and I've picked one of them up and I see in my notes that I don't have the footnote right in front of me um, who exactly, uh, where exactly I got this, but there are a number of different places where the, the Olympians have been paired off with each other. And so what I, what I did in my year of, uh, of theurgic practice was to, to do the pair because I like to work that way. Um, we don't have to, right? Um, but that, that's something that I've done. So Athena was paired with um, P- uh, Poseidon, which um, we have the story about them fighting about who got to be the, the patron deity of uh, um, right. Athena, Athena, of course, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's, there, there's, that, um, there's a sense that they, they can kind of illuminate each other. And there's, there's another way of looking at groupings of the Olympians, too, in, the, um, in the, the four groupings of mothers, fathers, and uplifters and protectors. So all of those things are things that sort of go into to what I think of as the deity. But Athena um, by herself is, the, is, is mapped onto the astrological sign of Aries. And I find it interesting to look at the resonances too between the astrological sign and the, the deity. And that maps onto in the Manilius system, that maps onto the astrological person, which is the head. So Athena is the head, which, you know, that, that sort of links up again to the story of her leaping out of the head of Zeus and being goddess of wisdom and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you very much, Bruce. Apollonius, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just processing uh, all of that. Um, You know, I think um, one of the things I would recommend we do in each of these cases is, um, you know, I think of Aries, for example, as a a defender. Um, And that's certainly um, in terms of the way he was sometimes invoked magically. He was often as a a defender. Um, But I think, you know, what, what is useful to do in all of these cases is to um, you know get out the books and go through the uh, various uh, epithets and cult titles of these uh, different deities because the, you often find a much better rounded uh, view of them that way. You find out they have all of these aspects that are not connected necessarily to sort of the bumper sticker version of what their what their particular job is, and um, it really gives us a richer understanding of how these uh, deities were were viewed and were worshipped in ancient times, and um, again, you know, we don't have to accept all of them, but it but it's a starting place, and it gives us things to explore in our theurgical activities as well. And I, I'm I mean I'm just thinking, you know, just going back to the example of the of the god Aries, that um, you know I really uh, uh, don't know a huge amount about him although I do remember this one aspect of him being a, a defender, and I have used that aspect. Um, but I think, you know, as we work our way through the gods, we should do that. We should, uh, you know, look at the various cult titles they had in ancient times and, um, you know, use that as a beginning point to round out our, our view of these various gods. I think that's an excellent idea. So we'll start with uh, Athena because she corresponds to Aries. And I'm sorry, uh, Brandy, I, I misread Aries in the uh, um, in the uh, uh, personal uh, message. I wasn't wearing my glasses. Uh, so okay, so we'll start with Athena, <laughs> who's the head, and uh, uh, we will uh, take it uh, from there. And I will do the dedication uh, on the morrow, and then we'll work out a system. Uh, where each of us can contribute uh, some uh, knowledge 
um, and some uh, wisdom and insight uh, to each of these uh, uh, months that Manilius has uh, mapped out. And we'll do it with the zodiacal cycle. And uh, then we'll, you know, that'll be our adventure for, uh, for this year. And I think that's awesome. And if every month in addition, we're sharing uh, theurgical understandings and insights and practices uh, to anchor uh, theurgy more into our reality, uh, I think that would be uh, phenomenally helpful. And uh, because we're facing this uh, crisis, um, in, the gods of healing would also be very appropriate to include in this uh, unfolding practice as well. So for the first one, any suggestions for uh, tomorrow for launching? Tony? Um, I'm just going to go through, see what hymns there there are to um, to Athena. Um, there's there's always an Orphic hymn, and usually there, there's a Homeric hymn as well. Um, so I would be um, working with those. Um, there, there are there are always a there always there are always a wonderful starting point. I find the um, the Orphic hymns and the Homeric hymns. Um, particularly wonderful. Um, That's uh, a good suggestion. And I will pick, uh, I will look at the Homeric hymns and the Orphic hymns to Athena, uh, pick one that resonates, and then, again, tweak it until it resonates some more. Uh, and that is how I will uh, start tomorrow's show. Yeah, and, and the, the thing that people have to be mindful of is once you've found a hymn that, that resonates with you, if there is a... Um, um, an incense that, that's recommended in the Orphic hymns. Um, try to use some of that if at all possible. If you can't, frankincense works as a um, as a standby because the most popular offering in ancient times, granular frankincense strewn on the flames. So frankincense actually works for, for all the Greek gods. So it's always a wonderful starting point. And I don't have any sources here, but when I was living back in Sydney, I would go to Greek Orthodox supply places. Yes. And they would always have bags of frankincense. You ask for Livani, and they yes. sell you buff frankincense. And it was incredibly cheap because um, the, the, the Greeks in Australia would um, go off to the cemeteries and they would, they would have censers. They'd buy charcoal blocks and they would, they would burn um, incense and go and, and, and pray for the, for the dearly departed. So once you've found an invocation that, that works for you, recite it, but then go into a meditative state. See what comes through. See what sort of visions you wind up getting through your third eye. Be receptive to things. Um, focus on the words in the, in, the, um, in the invocation, but also focus on the feelings that come through. And uh, it's those feelings that will give you a way of understanding um, the gods, of, of interacting with them, and the ultimate goal is to form a relationship with that God. And giving yourself a month is, is actually a, a wonderful way of going about things. I haven't worked with Athena as, as much as I should have. She's not one of my favorites. So I'm actually quite looking forward to doing more work with her over the next month. She's a, a wonderful goddess. Uh, my Athena is sensitive to incense, so I won't be burning Livani. However, I found that by 
um, using the essential oil made from uh, frankincense. It has a very similar uh, effect, not in one of those misters, but just using the scent from the uh, uh, from the essential oil. And uh, I've worked with Athena my entire life. And uh, Athena for a while, especially when I was growing up, was so pervasive in my life that she was invisible. And it took me a while to learn how to how to see her. So I'm looking forward to uh, um, approaching the goddess in this uh, new way. Thank you, Tony. That, those are awesome suggestions. Just one more thing. If you're working with the essential oil, it's very useful to anoint my third eye region with the essential okay. oil. So a little bit, a little bit of um, frankincense essential oil on the third eye region um, helps you be far more perceptive. And uh, as a matter of interest, the, the um, ancient Egyptian priests would hold um, a, a flask of oil with their left hand and they would dip their right pinky into the flask and then use that pinky to anoint the third eye region on statues and things. So that's actually how I anoint myself and I anoint participants in workshops that I put on always with the right thinking because that's what the Egyptian priest did. I don't know what the Greek priest did, so I'm, I'm working with it. But there was this strong influence coming from yeah. Egypt into Greece. So I think there's a very good chance that what the Egyptian priest did was mirrored by the Greek priests. Yes, Irovathos and others uh, commented on the uh, strong Egyptian influence. So, okay, so tomorrow I will, well, I'll start tonight, but I will select a hymn that resonates. I will tweak it until it resonates more, and I will use uh, the essential oil frankincense, um, anoint my uh, my third eye with it. Uh, thank you very yeah. much, uh, Tony. Brandy. Um, <laughs> if. If you if you guys will support me going back to Alicia and asking for an additional link yeah. from my book, <laughs> I, I think I'll go I'll go hit uh, I'll go hit the gods of the Greek states tonight and see if I can make that list of epithets for Athena. I'm thinking about the the Hindu hymns where you have the 108 names of deity and you've got tons of them for each of the deities, right? So I'm thinking of something kind of similar. We can list the I can list the names of the um, or, or or her specific. Um, Pseudonyms, right? So I'll, I'll I'll work on that. I'll see if I can have that for tomorrow. Okay, thank you very much. So I will pick uh, epithets that yeah. resonate uh, uh, with the new endeavor that's starting tomorrow, and I will call her uh, by those uh, epithets in my uh, address uh, to her. Is there anything else you can recommend? No, well, I'll good. chime in. And... Okay. I'll chime in and recommend uh, Carl Karenyi's Gods of the Greeks. Um, he doesn't have an exhaustive list of uh, the epithets, uh, but he does have, I think, a very well thought out um, uh, ones he talks about. So I would add that to the list of uh, sources to check. Carl Karenyi. Fortunately, I have Carl Karenyi on my downstairs bookshelf uh, and not in a box where most of my Greco-Roman library um, happens to be residing, or boxes, actually. Uh, so that is a great idea, Apollonius, and I will uh, take out the book tonight before bed and, and uh, skim through it. So we have the hymn, we have the anointing, uh, and in the, in the address we have using uh, epithets with uh, Carl Karenyi, uh, um, gods of the Greeks uh, recommended. And um, 
what else can we do? Uh, what other practice can we set in motion for uh, this new endeavor that we're beginning together? Um, can, I, can I jump in again? Yes, of course. Okay. Um, in, in my book, on pages 44 and 45, I actually have a list of other themes, epithets, taken from the, um, from the Athenian calendar. So okay. there, there will be other epithets out there, but the ones taken from the Athenian calendar are there. So there's Athene Soter, which is saviour or deliverer, Athene Polias of the city, Athene Higeia, which, which is for health. I think she'd yes, be very, that, that would be very appropriate for, for the current climate with the, um, uh, the coronavirus. There's Athene Skidas, which is for the, for the festival of the Skida. I don't think that's all that appropriate for us because that, that ceremony sort of isn't really practiced anymore. There's, there's Athene Fratria, which means brotherhood or kinfolk. Um, there's Athene Eregana, which means labor. And there's Athene Tritogenia, which is possibly place, which is Lake Tritonis in Libya, or the place where she was worshipped, the stream Triton, um, or from Trito, which is head, to signify that she was born out of the head of her father, Zeus, which is um, something that the Brandy mentioned earlier on. So um, just looking at that list, the one that resonates with me is um, Athene Higea um, for, for health and hygiene, because I think that's going to tie in particularly well with the coronavirus. Thank you. Those are all great suggestions. And um, I was wondering, maybe we should set the theurgy, uh, um, the theurgy episode in the, um, in the middle of the month so that it coincides uh, as closely as possible with the change in zodiac signs. Uh, what do you think yeah, about that? I was just, I was just going to um, point out that that list of epithets actually comes out of my book. So if okay, you have great. a copy of my sitting there, um, like I said, pages 44 to, to 45. Okay, I have your book handy, so after the show I will look that up as well. Um, I'm Brandy? not very good at playing my book. but <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. It's the best possible source, Tony. Thank you. So, Hercules, can you tell me um, how, how this is going to work? So you, you have the podcast tomorrow, and who's going to be on it? You're going to, you're going to start it and, and sort of do you, – you, we're putting together a ritual together, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah. so uh, how, how do you propose to move to, to – you know, who's going to be on, and how do you propose to move it forward? Well, what I'm doing – the new podcast is called uh, the uh, Hercules Invictus uh, Online Radio. And uh, it's under Mount Olympus. So I'm going to, it's going to take what we've been doing here for the past, it's, I, I believe it's nearly four years now. And uh, it's going to focus it more on Olympus. And uh, as we had in the uh, conversation, um, I'm in my 60s. I have to do everything the way I intend to do it. And there's no more time to do things in steps. <laughs> so it's like, what do I want to do? Uh, this is what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. So all the different projects I've been working on will be put into greater context uh, in this new show. So it's going to start off an hour a day, seven days uh, a week. Different categories that I've been uh, working on will be um, will make more sense. 
uh, I guess, uh, to anybody who, who cares to understand them better. So there will be a show on theurgy. There's a show on theosophy. There's a show on the, the new um, neo-theosophical um, cosmic uh, type of religions. There's, uh, so all of these different aspects of the same gem will be on the same show. And uh, tomorrow I'm starting the new show with uh, um, Michael and Diane Duncan. Uh, they were an offshoot of the Urantia book. And the Greek gods started coming through them and giving me messages <laughs> some point on. And then the messages would be followed by synchronicities. Um, and often these messages were things on my meditation that I wasn't quite sure about that I would let put on the shelf. And then they would call me with a message and then I would get synchronicities. So I've been following their uh, unfolding spiritual adventures and encouraging them uh, and giving them a platform to, to share this unfolding with uh, other people. So they have something that's called Gabriel's worldwide religion of love at this particular point. That's what they're calling it. And it was inspired by uh, Venus and they're equating uh, Gabriel with Ephesus. So it's, it's, again, it's a different configuration than the one uh, I'm used to. Uh, but uh, th there's a lot of really interesting things uh, coming through to them, and these things have reached out to me uh, personally and, again, have proven their veracity through uh, numerous synchronicities. So um, that's how I'm starting the show. Um, I've been teaching them about the ancient aspects of what it is that they're doing and why there are different configurations and why the configurations don't always match and uh, – um, I'll be doing a lot more of that on the show as well to try to explain, um, you know, why these things may not match from a uh, metaphysical perspective and not just a people studying and putting together their own lists uh, uh, based on their best judgment uh, perspective. So uh, that's how I'm launching it. And I'm going to start off with uh, um, explaining some of the basics, uh, which are on my website about what I'm all about, what, uh, what I'm doing is all about, uh, um, how this particular endeavor fits into what I'm doing, and then uh, I'm introducing the first uh, category of people, which are the cosmic spirituality people who will eventually have one day. So I'm right now determining which day they're going to have, and uh, I'm doing that for a variety of reasons, availability, what my particular equations of the days of the week and the gods are, and so forth. Um, so that's, that's kind of like what I'm doing. So theurgy uh, is, is something that's always been very important to me, although my understanding of it was very different. And through talking to all of you, I've gained a much broader and deeper understanding of theurgy. Um, before that, my understanding was theurgia, or divine works, was basically a matter of anchoring the divine into your daily life and then acting as you know the divine or letting the divine act through you uh, and uh, becoming a channel for uh, divinity and, and helping divinity uh, in its various uh, spheres. So by knowing all of you and reading your works and uh, going beyond that, uh, I've gained a much greater appreciation for uh, and an understanding of uh, theurgy. And I believe that theurgy is, it's very important for people to know theurgy, not just if you're a geek, like uh, Brandy said, and you happen to like uh, obscure uh, antique histories, uh, but it's, it's something that is very crucial, something that is needed by our world. So, 
providing a platform is not a big thing, but it's what I can do with the cards dealt to me. Uh, so I'm doing that. Uh, and I expect uh, what we're doing to develop and grow. Um, and although we've included other people, they're kind of like guest stars at this point. They're not an active part of what we're doing. So we're working together uh, and making things uh, happen. So uh, that's pretty much where everything is. Tony, your thoughts? Um, sorry, I'm just a little bit distracted at the moment. I was just contacted. Okay. Um, Governor Newsom has um, just introduced a, um, a stay-at-home order. And that's from midnight tonight. So we're not supposed to leave home unless it's for something absolutely essential, you know, buy food and the like. So I'm just, this is like, it, it just wow. happened a few minutes ago. It's, um, it, 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 it's absolutely huge. So um, I've, I've never experienced anything like this before. This is something that's always happened to other people. I've never been in a situation where um, I'm being told that, you know, you, you have to stay at home and you can only make essential trips and then you go off to the shops and there are only certain items available. And I remember before he made the announcement, he was even saying that um, you should go off and just buy a week's worth of food. Well, you can't do that because the local shops are introducing rationing. So typically right. it's, um, you know, um, gallon jugs of water per family. And that's it. So if you want more, you've got to come back the following day. Um, so it's not because if you let people buy a week's worth of food, they're going to come in every day and buy a week's worth of food. So right. um, yeah. So like I said, I'm just I'm just a little bit distracted. I'm I'm looking at this. This is um. So I, I think that um, calling on Athene Hygieia would be um, very very appropriate because we want this situation to be. Addressed as quickly as possible so life can go back to normal. Um, this is actually where theurgy really comes in. We we do all the right things. We, we we're going to wash our hands for at least 20 seconds. We're going to try to isolate ourselves, and if we do get the virus, we try not to infect other people. But but I think it is important to um to call on Apollo, call on call on Hygieia, um, call on Athene Hygieia, um, call on Asclepius. Um, this this is when when we really need to turn to the gods. Sorry, thank you very I'm, much. Um, it's yeah. okay. Thank you for the update on what's going on in in the world beyond our conversation. There's there's a lot happening, and uh, um, it, it is very drastic and it is very disturbing. Very disturbing. Brandy. So in Washington State, we've been doing this for a while, Tony. So, so I'm like, oh, I'm I'm glad actually. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really grateful that the the order, orders are coming down. Um, the the governors meet every day. Uh, apparently, the governors of all the states, and it's with the states to decide um, what what's going to happen with each individual state. And they're all one by one. The the ones who are resisting, like, whoops, nope, we need to do this now. So we know that they, they're getting information that, that this is very important. And people were not self-isolating. Um, as a person who feels, I, I really deeply fear that it, were I to contract the virus, I, would not, I wouldn't survive it, right? So I've been self-isolating for a couple of weeks. Um, and I'm just like, I'm here. We're eating a lot of pasta, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to still be on the planet. So I think it's important for us all to, to support each other. 
this is why this is really important too. Hercules, you were saying um, offering a forum isn't much. It's huge. It's really important. People need something to do right now and um, need content, need a way to 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 connect. And uh, online is the way we're connecting now. Um, and if, if you don't mind me, me mentioning this, I have a blog, a Papios blog called Star and Snake. So Papios Star oh. and Snake. And I had, uh, I posted a post on how to do a ritual online, how to do a group ritual online. Um, and I, I have found um, with my, my tantric teacher, we we do, she, she uh, does empowerments over Zoom. So this is this is definitely something that can work magically, um, and it is it is very powerful. So I posted a uh, how to do it. My coven is meeting tomorrow online. We're all doing um, Zoom. It's a really great way to to keep in touch with each other, and and we're kind of we're kind of uh, exemplifying that too. I was really surprised here. You say we've been doing this for four years. It feels like a, a few minutes. But this is really bonded, like the the people who come regularly um, yeah. to do this forum. We've developed a lot of ideas and developed a real relationship. So this is incredibly important. Thank you, Hercules, for doing it. Um, and I, I think it's important for us to continue to do this. And I, I also mentioned to everyone, if you're if you're feeling isolated, Zoom is very easy to use. Uh, they're they're uh, they have a free version that you can do one-on-one -on -one with each other. If anybody on the line wants to, to use Zoom, I'm happy to set up a, a um, chat with you so you can see how to do it and you can see people face-to-face. Um, -face. I'm doing, I actually dedicate one small portion of my, like one, one um, time slot a day for just reaching out and talking to people either by phone or on Zoom so people don't feel so isolated. I think that, that contact is really important too. Yes. I will take you up on that offer because uh, Zoom has been uh, suggested to me several times today. Uh, so I want to let the universe know I'm paying attention. Uh, so I will take you up on that because, uh, uh, again, my uh, learning curve is standing in my way right now, and I, I really need to be better with this technology than I am. Apollonius. Yeah, I think that uh, it's very important. And, I, you know, we're really in many ways being brought back to earlier times. I mean, there were there were plagues and epidemics in earlier times and, and the sort of things we're doing, wash your hands, you know, stay away from people, uh, cover your nose when you sneeze. All of these sorts of things are would have been good advice 3000 years ago as well. And um it's also the fact that we have to do these things which are inconveniences to us individually, but for the sake of the greater good of uh, everyone around us, I think is a reminder that we are not, you know, independent. We are all mutually dependent on each other. Um, while uh, over the break, I uh, remembered a... Um, a ritual that um, somebody else wrote, Sindara, uh, and put on the Omphalos um, over 20 years ago, uh, judging from the date on it. And this is an Asclepian uh, meditation that I thought uh, you might be interested in. Um, it'll, it'll take me probably about two minutes to read it if, if you think that's sure. okay. So. Yes, that would be awesome. So this is something you would do on your own, um, although it could certainly be done as a group. Um, and as she says, uh, this meditation is oriented towards pneumonia, but can be applied to any condition. So it actually is quite relevant to what we're dealing with now. <clears throat> First, clear your mind. 
imagine if you would that I am speaking to you and this lighted screen is the power of my mind and my words reading out to yours. Close off your outer senses and immerse yourself in the working. Breathe deeply if you can. I know that isn't easy right now. You don't want to override necessary automatic responses in your body like coughing. And the pain is there to tell you something. But remember also that pain is the body's fear. It's that part of yourself warning you that you're in danger. But sometimes you have to walk through the danger rather than away from it. So breathe as deeply as you can and listen carefully to what your lungs have to say to you. Become aware of the degree of congestion, the fluid in in your pleural spaces, the swelling inside your tissues. Feel the nature of the infection and come to grips with both the organism invading your breathing space and your own body's reaction to that organism. Listen to your heartbeat and how it meshes with your breathing. Acknowledge your condition, accept it, understand it. Now turn your attention inward and away from the body. Concentrate on a point of light between your eyes and believe that you are walking through it into a tunnel, a passage between time and space. There are an infinite number of doors from this passage. You've probably been here before. You might need to walk for a while before you get to the one we are looking for. Wait until you feel comfortable that you have the right door and open it out onto a grassy field planted with blooming hyacinths, narcissus, and woolly sage. A path of marble stepping stones leads to a copse of oak trees on your right and a small temple on your left. Pick three hyacinth blossoms and take the path to the right. You will go down a short slope under the trees and find yourself before a clear spring. By the side of the spring is a statue of a young woman with clear gray eyes. She is Hygieia, health, and she is the patron of this water. Drop your hyacinth blooms in the water and dip your hands into the spring. Pour water over your head, flick a spray over each shoulder, and then take a long drink from your cupped hands. Address the goddess with your prayer for health and well-being. Bow to her an appropriate sacrifice on your recovery. Now bow and step backwards from the spring and take the path back to where you began. Pick three narcissus flowers and a sprig of sage. Turn to your left and approach the temple. You will see the bomos as you approach, and an image of Asclepius with his snakes is recessed by the doorway. There is a fire already on the altar. Put your narcissus in the bowl, saying, Hail Asclepius, son of the sun and healer of men. I beg your help in my life's need and promise to serve you faithfully in recompense. Enter the temple. Inside you will find that there are many high windows casting a soft light onto a rectangular boxy stone altar behind which stands a massive image of the God. There are pillows and soft blankets arranged there and a smoldering tripod brazier beside it. Cast the sage into the brazier and breathe the fumes deeply. It's okay to cough. Remember, a productive cough helps to move infected infected matter out of your lungs. Breathe the fumes, making any additional prayers you you think might be necessary, and stretch out on the altar. Now close your eyes, forget about reading this, and fall asleep at the God's feet. 
And she goes on to say the ritual isn't perfectly authentic, but it should attract their attention. Be well. That's so I beautiful. thought that was a, a. I think it's very appropriate, also, especially for people that are, you know, suffering uh, respiratory uh, ailments from from COVID nineteen. Apollonius, I'll put. A, you... I'll send you a link. Thank you. Yes, yes I was going to ask you to share a link. That would be awesome because um, that's beautiful. And uh, Brandy, you had mentioned uh, um, your writings that are up on the uh, Patheas uh, site. Uh, can you also provide links to that? Yeah, I'll send you a link. And I'm working on a, a ritual to put up. So when I um, when I have it up, we'll send that to you too. Thank you. And please feel free to share things on my uh, timeline. There's like 5,000 people there. And uh, I, I have a, a couple of other sites that are going to be up. Uh, uh, like my page has, I, I think, like 600 people on it. Um, so I want to tie these together more effectively. Uh, but uh, please feel free to promote yourselves. Uh, there are people gathered there. Um, and uh, we can help move the word out uh, a little bit wider. Tony, how are things uh, now with you? Did anything uh, else happen uh, um, in your neck of the woods? Um, well, just just a stay-at-home order. Um, so it goes into effect at midnight, and it's going to be in place until April the 19th, although the website says that they can either reduce the length or, or extend it. But, you know, there are, there are two ways of looking at a stay-at-home order. People can see it as an incredible inconvenience, but it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity during which um, you can do things that you have put off. So um, if you have any writing projects, um, you can engage in those. If you want to um, learn a particular skill, um, learn how to paint, this is, this is definitely the time to do it. So um, I think it's, it's now more important than ever for us to, um, get out our systems of spirituality to help people cope. The thing is, for, for Christians out there, they already have their, their faith system in place. So there are um, people out there who can advise them. But for those people who don't resonate with the Judeo-Christian gods, um, but who resonate with the Greek gods, then they can come to us. We can show them how they can work with the Greek gods in order to um, keep to, to better keep themselves safe. I think if you're going to do silly things like not wash your hands or um, ex, um, hang out with people who have the, the virus, then obviously you're, you're tempting fate. But I think so long as you're taking precautions to call on the gods will help to keep you safe. So I think it's really important for us to um, use social media um, in order to, to better connect with people. It, it, it's an opportunity. Yes, it is. I, I see that, and you uh, intuited the next question. What is the last lesson to be learned here? Um, the lesson is that there are always two ways of, of, of looking at anything. Um, and, and as I said before, you can um, see the whole thing as an incredible drag. Um, you can see it as, as something that's going to interfere with your social life. Um, you know, for, for people in the music industry, they've already been told that 
they're not going to have any work for six months. They're expecting shutdowns of three months, and then for the next few months after that, people are going to be scared. They're going to be wary of going out. So it's going to be six months before musicians can start touring again. It's um, it's really challenging for them. I was actually at a concert at, at a venue um, in Hollywood on Friday night, and the sense that came across from the various performers there was this is the last concert, and there weren't many people there. Even though we're on we're on Sunset Boulevard um, in, in a very well known venue, um, it was the Whiskey A Go Go. Um, the place was probably about half full. People were scared to go out. So um, and and the performers were basically saying that you know th- this is it for for the next few months. Um, a friend of mine who was performing said that he had he had booked all these shows for the next few months, and that's all evaporated. Everything's gone. So. Um, there are people who are now doing a lot of things online. Willie Nelson actually did a concert tonight. So for those people who are listening to us live, um, thank you for choosing us over over listening to Willie Nelson. Um, we, we really appreciate that. We really appreciate that. But you know, he basically did a free concert for people who are who are stuck at home, which is so cool of him. Everything's going to change over the next few months. We're going to have to yeah. adapt. I think social media and the internet are going to become incredibly important as means for, for reaching out to people and, and staying in contact with them. I, I agree. Thank you. Uh, Brandy? Yeah, I actually I had um, left social media pretty much, um, and, and now I've returned because it's important to, to stay in touch with people. Um, so yeah, I think I think um, one. T- I, I belong to the Order Templi Orientis, and our our Grand Master, U.S. Grand Master, said, "I I might humbly suggest that this is a good time to get to the magic you've been meaning to do." <laughs> and it's a it's a really good point. Um, but uh, the, a lot of people have a lot more time. My life didn't change much because I'm retired and I write, so I I pretty much am you know hold up all the time. I now I I just don't get to go out to restaurants anymore. Um, but but other people's lives have really substantially narrowed down, and these um, these connections that we have, these these virtual connections, are becoming really important. So um, I think it's important for us to continue to to make ourselves available. Um, uh, Lon Duquette is every every day at ten o'clock. He's reading from his book, My Life with Spirits, and so people are just doing these things to to try to continue to to talk and connect and give something to people something to think about besides themselves. It's it's really mm-hmm. easy to sit at home and just like read coronavirus news all day long. So so one thing I do for my mental health is to limit that, right? I like uh, in the morning you're gonna I, I do my news and then I go do something else and I, I I go through my day, right? And I think that's that's important too to continue to focus on on the um, on on something other than the crisis that we're living through. But it's also as I, I think you said, Hercules, what, are we, what does this teach us? It's a tremendous opportunity to rethink how we live, how we work with each other, yeah. um, how, how, we, how we want to be as a people. This is, this is a, a system crash event, and we're seeing a lot of system crash kinds of, um, kinds of things happening. And we're also seeing um, what happens when, when, um, when that happens, how, how we bond together. So one, one of my friends 
is a community organizer. He just put up a Facebook page and said, all right, I'm making a list of people who need stuff. You know, contact me if you've got, if you need something or if you can connect somebody, if you can do something for somebody. So you see the people, the helpers start, start um, stepping forward and, and we can focus on um, thinking about what kind of world we want to have and how we want to move out of this. There, there's an, <laughs> there's an idea that, that the government, the U S government is going to give every person money. This was yeah, socialism a week ago. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, cool. You know, and, and it's like a, and giving everyone $1,000 is a tiny fraction of what, what was given to the corporations to, to prop them up. I'm like, we can continue to make yeah. this decision going forward, right? So let's, this is an opportunity to talk to each other about the kind of world that we want to live in, the kind of future we want to see, and, and focusing on what people need. And how we can we can support each other, and how we can um, help the planet um, support itself and recover. It's not a bad thing to get all the cars off the streets and all the planes out of the sky. It's really actually a good thing for the the planet. You saw the the canals of Venice are running clear, and dolphins are in them. Yeah. Maybe it's a good idea. You know, Gaia said, "Let's let's pin up all the people. <laughs> let's see yeah. let's see how that works, right?" So that that's actually not a bad that's not a bad unintended consequence. I don't mean to make light of anything right that that is happening for people. That's really terrible. I want to say there's a lot of suffering, both um, both physical and by health and economic suffering, and that's very real. And I have a, a great deal of, like, heart pain a- around what I'm seeing. But, but in terms of, like, the, the effect, that's, that's, um, there, there are positive effects, too, and we want to grab those and move those forward in time while we, we continue to try to save as many lives as possible and get, get everybody on a, on a good economic footing again. All right. Thank you. No, that, that very, 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 very deeply thought out and uh, said with heart. So thank you very much. Um, Apollonius, uh, what is the lesson here? Well, I really don't have much different to say. I, you know, one way I think of it is uh, whenever anything happens, um, good or bad, uh, it's always useful to think of uh, what, what lessons might the gods be trying to, uh, to teach me. And maybe, you know, maybe they're not trying to teach you anything. Maybe it is something just random that happened. But it encourages you to try and, and pull something of value out of, uh, of whatever is happening. And I think, um, you know, this will, could help all of us to do that, both individually uh, in terms of recognizing uh, what's of value and what perhaps is not of value and can be uh, uh, let go. Uh, but then also, more importantly, as um, Brandy was alluding to, with our, with our whole society, you know, uh, this, this um at least in terms of, of once it uh, spread out of China, this has been very much of starting as a, a rich person's plague. Uh, you know, it was spread by people that could afford to fly around the world um, and, um, you know, do many other sorts of things that, that people with less disposable income were not able to do. Uh, now, of course, it's spreading uh, much further, and we see people that um, – you know, can barely make their expenses from month to month um, being out of work for an indefinite period of time. And so um, I think this will focus a lot of people's attentions. I hope it will focus their attentions on on what's wrong with our system, uh, what are the problems in our system, and, and perhaps even motivate us to uh, 
to begin to change some things. As 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 Brandy said, you know, uh, not too long ago, oh, the idea of a guaranteed um, income for all citizens was kind of a crazy idea, but you know now we can see um, some some advantages from that. So um, hopefully, um, uh, a substantial number of people will say, what can we learn from this, uh, not just in terms of, um, you know, being better prepared for, for future uh, viruses and, and other sorts of um, catastrophes like this, but in general, fixing up what's kind of uh, gone off track in terms of our whole social organization. So I'm optimistic about that, but it's it's going to be rough here for a while, I think. And um, so I think this is, you know, these are the times also when um, our spiritual practices can help us. And uh, theurgy is a quite specific kind of practice, but I think, you know, we, um, uh, in general, this is this is what what we uh, what we go back to our spiritual practices for is to help get us through some of these rough times. That was very well said. Thank you so very much, Apollonius. And uh, our adventure is ending for today. We have nearly four minutes. So if everybody can share their contact information, and we'll start with Apollonius. Okay. Uh, okay. The best way to uh, get a hold of me is through my uh, websites. Uh, one is wisdomofhypatia.com, and that's all one word. Uh, and Hypatia is H Y. P-A-T-I-A. Um, and the uh, other website is uh, opsopaus.com. That's O-P-S-O-P-A-U-S.com. Uh, and uh, you can email me through those websites um, and um, get access to most of the stuff I've, I've written online. Um, and I, you know, you may be able to get a hold of me through Facebook, but I'm not a, a very uh, regular Facebook user, so that's not so reliable. Thank you very much. Brandy. Um, Brandy Williams, author, brandywilliamsauthor.com, uh, and Brandy Williams, author on Facebook. And I'll be posting links to, um, I post links to all of my blog posts, and I'll be doing some Zoom sessions too. Awesome. Thank you very much. Tony? So, Tony Muswicky, author. Thank you very much. I want to thank all of you again. Uh, you're incredible. And I am very, very thankful that uh, our paths have crossed and uh, um, that we're doing this uh, together. And I'm also thankful to all who tuned in uh, to listen to us uh, now live and later on on demand. Uh, in the interim until our next show, this is all of us wishing all of you uh, joyous journeys and incredible adventures. for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.